A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me, ESPN Crick Info's George DeVos. This is a track that comes into view. And uh, we're looking back at day three here at the Bay Oval in Mount Monganui. As some of the Kiwi fans to the left of us uh, get uh, a little bit carried away with uh, what it's like to watch BJ Watling bat all day. Uh, we will look back and remark on a day that actually um, turned this uh, test match on its head. You're listening to the following on podcast. So, George, story of the day is how did you get out or did you have to go to watch that terrible film of Phil Brown last night? No, I didn't. I, I carried on writing my piece about mowers. So that was your excuse? Yeah, it was. It's pretty and good you're sticking story. to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, you'll have to listen to yesterday's podcast to understand what we're talking about. But I tell you what, I walked to the ground today uh, for, uh, with a jaunty step. I was dancing down uh, Mount Manganui High Street as I approached uh, the Bay Oval. Uh, fresh from watching uh, the West London derby, Fulham beating QPR uh, 2-1. And I was uh, wondering whether I'll be watching England back today. That certainly seemed to be the plan. Hopefully getting in between lunch and tea. Not to be uh, New Zealand uh, ending the day as they did day three as they did day two. Batting throughout. And I suppose the story of the day is that, you know, the template for success, which we saw from England on day one, um, has been they've shown them how to do it essentially that's exactly right bj watling has given a master class in how to bat in such conditions he has been ruthless mm. where england were impatient really and they gave the wickets away through being impatient he has just ground out the runs i mean that's not to suggest it was a dull innings or an unattractive innings it was a brilliant innings and i do wonder if he were any other nationality whether he might be a bit more of a superstar mm. he's i think that's his eighth test century seventh as keeper so that's that's more than MS Dhoni and almost 30 fewer games. He is a top, top player. And as you say, he has uh, given New Zealand a sniff of winning this game. Uh, we were speaking about BJ Watling at lunch, weren't we? And I was talking about him. I think he took part in two of the biggest partnerships ever seen in New Zealand with um, back in 2014 and then 2015. Uh, Brendan McCullum, I remember, referred to him as his favourite player within the New Zealand side. This guy's been there and done it. 
Um, the question is, well, one of the questions, not the question, but you know, who would you rather in your test side, really, BJ Watling or Joss Butler? I, I don't think that's a... Uh, I don't think they're the same sort of player at all. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any comparison at this stage mm. of their careers. I mean, but to be fair, you know, I think Butler's played his 37th test uh, and Watling, I think, is played his 64th. Butler has one hundred. Watling now has eight. And I think Butler let through 23-ish buys today. Now, you've got to be a bit careful criticising him for those because Joffre Archer bowled some deliveries that were way over his head. Probably might have been wides with a different umpire. Uh, but, yeah, there's a big gap between the two at this stage of their careers. Uh, I'm kind of merging player of the day with story of the day here because there is another story of the day if BJ Watling is bumped along to player of the day. Um, Joffre Archer today, thoughts? He is a perplexing fellow. <laughs> I, mean, I don't really understand. OK, so firstly, the caveats. This is only his fifth test. Mm -hmm. This is the first test he's ever played with a Kookaburra ball, the first test he's played overseas. England have been starved of bowlers like Joffre, really quick, talented, fast bowlers. And maybe our expectations are a bit unrealistic, so maybe we've just got to give him a bit of a break and understand that he's a young man learning the game in, in front of a lot of people. But he does appear to go missing at times. And what I find really odd about it is that suddenly, mid-afternoon, with the, with the game set, he suddenly cranks it up in his 21st over and regularly goes over 150 Ks. You just think, where was that yesterday, Joffre? Where was that? Because that's what you need when the game is to be set. Do you know who he's reminded me of a little bit? Go on. That's David Gower overhead, isn't it? <laughs> uh, he reminds me just a little bit, at this very early stage, of Andy Caddick. Andy Caddick was still one of the most talented bowlers I've seen play for England. And on his day, he could be irresistibly wonderful, a genius. And um, he could go missing. Uh, and he went missing for, for quite a long time uh, at times. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I, I was a big fan. And we, not until probably NASA became captain, did England get anywhere near getting the best out of him. And I, I think is what we're seeing is um, Joe Root still learning what makes Joffre tick. And I don't think we know the answer right now. Just a couple of thoughts on that, though. One is that I remember Dermot Reid saying nearly everyone he ever captained reacted better to the arm around the shoulder. They reacted better to the carrot and the stick. And the, the one exception I remember him talking about was Paul Smith, the all-rounder, the fast bowler. And he was proper fast, was Paul for a while. And he used to work out, Dermot used to say that he used to work out that Paul was much better if he was irritated. So at the start of a spell, they'd throw the ball so it sort of hit him on the ankles <laughs> and he had to run and get it. And he had to be fired up. He had to be out of his comfort zone. I, just as a thought, I wonder, is Joffre that sort? I don't know. But he was, he is a little bit frustrating. We're still learning what makes him tick. You can, that's a, that's a bit of a dog of a pitch to be a bowler on. So I cut him some slack there. What you can't cut slack for is his fielding. He went missing in the field. He, you cannot let balls go through your hands like that. And he did it a couple of times. Um, that's, that, sorry, you just got to do better. But everything else, I don't know, that is a tough wicket to be a bowler on, eh? Can I ask you uh, well, two two very quick points? Andy Caddick had a first inning, second inning split throughout his career, didn't he? I, yeah. I don't know if we're going to see that from Archer. No. And by that, what I mean is that he was uh, irresistible at times yeah. in second innings when the game was there to be had and he kind of went missing in first innings when maybe it was there to be set up. Secondly, uh, you're a carrot or stick man. I imagine you need a thoroughly good thrashing just to get you out of bed in the morning, to get you, uh, you know... Get your 900 words out a day. I don't see you as a carrot man. 
Um, I, just about everyone I've ever met is more carrot than stick. Just about everyone reacts better to the arm around the shoulder and the encouragement. And certainly, uh, yeah, as I get older, I realise that more. So no thrashing? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm a bit worried about your parenting. <laughs> oh, my, no, my mum was the carrot, my dad was the thrasher. Right, right. That, that, well, that, that was the, yeah, the way things were in those days, isn't it? Things have changed, eh? Your poor dad. Your poor dad's basically just been outed. I'm actually joking. My dad wasn't, but he just. I met my your dad. dad he's my, the softest, nicest fellow you could meet. My dad tired of my excuses <laughs> after a while, and I don't blame him. Ball of the day. Tell you what was the worst ball of the day. Go on. The one that got rid of uh, Colin de Granholm. Well, except, uh, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a great, but great catch, eh? Brilliant um, catch. I actually thought, oh my God, that's Stokes, what a catch. No, Stokes is bowling. No, Sibley. Uh, mm. What was interesting about that, it was the first ball after tea, and to that point in the day, Ben Stokes had only bowled four overs. Well, that's bewildering. Well, and just on that, there was at times we were bewildered by the lack of Chris Wokes action, uh, and uh, we've been bewildered at the lack of Moeen Ali action at times. We've been bewildered at the lack of Jack Leak action. Um, you say that Joe Root's still working out how to bowl Joffrey Archer. I wonder whether he's still working out to bowl quite a few of those bowlers. Yeah, look, Joe Root hasn't had a good day. I'm writing a piece on this at the moment, what could England have done differently? And I'll keep going back to that is a tricky pitch to bowl on, Mm. and it will make you look worse than you are. Honestly, I was thinking, what would Richard Hadley... The the best I've ever seen are Hadley and Marshall, probably. I don't think they'd have loved that wicket. I don't think Shane Warne would have loved that wicket. You know, the very, very best we've ever seen... Mm at this stage, I don't think would have loved it. That's not to say it won't deteriorate, that's not to say there won't be a result, but it it has been extremely sluggish and it means that you have to play very attritional cricket and basically BJ Watling has played better attritional cricket than anyone from the England side. Shot of the day, I've got a feeling I know what your shot of the day is before you've even realised what your shot of the day is. Should I tell you what it was? Yeah. It was BJ Watling guiding a back of a length delivery into the leg side for a single to reach 50. Oh no, that would have been mine. You're a leave merchant. I'm a I'm a scampered single. Oh, I'm, I'm wrong. That was my ball. That was my shot of the day. Um, and the four that took him to 98 as well, um, um, which uh, was yeah. pretty oh, handsome. That was lovely. Yeah, yeah, Sam Curran bowling wide of the crease, and uh, BJ Watling just opened up his body and just caressed the ball through the covers. Stuart Broad, forlornly racing the ball to the boundary and lost. He's an extremely elegant player, so you could pick any of those. You could pick his cuts, you could pick his cover drives, you could pick his sweeps. He played them all completely beautifully. He's got a very nice... T- I mean, I think he's a particularly attractive player, to be mm. fair. I-, I might say to Grandhome, though, because um, Joffre pitched short to him at one stage yeah. and it just swatted for six. Yeah. Uh, and I thought to Grandhome's innings was really crucial because it did sort of pick up the pace and it took... Not that there seemed to be a lot, but if there was any pressure on Watling because of his slow rate of scoring... Uh, De Granholm just took it away. <laughs> Don't mind us, mate. And uh, I thought uh, his his contribution was, you know, it's probably a bit unsung in the grand scheme of things. Mm. But De Granholm, yeah, I'll say De Granholm shot of the day. No, I'll go with that as well. It was. Um, I agree actually because you know De Granholm or the big house, as I like to call him, <laughs> it wasn't really set up for him in some ways. You know, he is um, like a lot of middle order batsmen. He likes to come in with a runs on the board and a little bit of pressure off and what he came into was actually a lot of pressure on um, and he took the pressure away from New Zealand so I was quite impressed by that. They're both um, both South African born players those two aren't they? I think there are four 
players in the New Zealand side who are born overseas, I think, and two in the England side. And I, that's not a criticism at all. I just think it's reflective mm. of uh, New Zealand society, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's Zimbabwe. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Lol of the day. Was it, it was a day of few lols. There was one minor lol involved Joffre Archer when he threw the ball back to Ben Stokes and it went about ten foot over his head and oh, then he almost he looked apologetic as he ran past Stokes to pick the ball, didn't he? Well I don't think Ben Stokes lolled. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't didn't look impressed at all. There's a couple actually. That one was amazing. I mean, Joffre was like ten metres away from Stokes and he threw it ten metres over his head. And it was it was weird. It was a little bit like, you know, when a ball's hit into the into the crowd and the fielder comes up to the boundary rope and the guy or the gal lobs the ball back to them and it just goes terribly wrong. Yeah, it, it was oddly geeky. But there was another moment when uh, Joffre insisted on using a review and it was England's last review and he was like, he was like, this is out, mate. Joe, you've got to use this review. Use the review, it wasn't out. And Joe Root laughed. And it, and, and it was exactly the right thing to do. What are you going to do? If you have a choice between laughing and crying, choose the laughing. Did you see Ben Stokes doing a handstand at the start of the session as well? Yeah, I, did you see him shout at Joffre at one stage? I mean, there were... and I've just nodded, listeners. That probably doesn't work on radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as much as any of it, eh? Uh, yeah, I, th- I actually thought they got a little bit grumpy with one another today, the England team, but mm. it was that. Who can blame him? It was hot. It was about 29 degrees, and 29 degrees in New Zealand means about 48 degrees anywhere else in the world. It's yeah. that kind of heat. They look completely impotent mm. as a team. Again, I'll say... Uh, it's not a pitch to make to flatter bowlers, but you do have to find a way. Mm. And there are going to be other games and other days on flat pitches with a cooker ball. And I'm afraid we were back in Chennai, and quite a lot of other days 
uh, where, I mean, I, 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 what was most likely to... to I, I thought a meteorite was England's best hope of getting rid of BJ Watling. Or an earthquake. Oh, oh, there was another, there was another uh, quite funny moment. I don't know. So when, just after Watling got his 100 and the crowd started shouting, we'd rather have a BJ than a Root. <laughs> rather have a BJ Watling than a Joe Root. Yeah, it's good. I didn't know what they meant. <laughs> I've added in a couple of new uh, sections, just throwing this to you. Yeah, why not? Question of the day. Here's my question for you of the day. Should Ben Stokes stop fielding its slip to the spinners? Because he dropped one chance. Not the first time. I think I said Crickviz posted saying it was like the third drop in a row or something. uh, Against Spinner at first slip. Right. Everyone drops them. I think he's pretty fantastic. You have to have someone else to go there. Uh, look, he, he has uh, said a couple of times that he, he didn't mind not going there all the time for a couple of reasons. One was that his back can be quite sore unless he moves around. And two, it just takes a lot out of him. But look, that was a big moment. Mm. And uh, it was very unlikely. Maybe it will be our moment of the day. Yeah. Moment of the day. Do you think that uh, Ben Stokes <laughs> dropping Watling on 31, was he? Yeah, uh, I'd say that's a, that was a big moment. He, ended, he walked off the field a few moments ago, bat raised, 114 or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive moment. There's no way around it. Look, these things do happen, and it was an aberrational moment, really, from Watley, because it was off route. It was just uh, the change of angle or something caused him to make a, a very surprising mistake. Yeah, you know, you look back, I think Stokes is an incredible fielder, uh, and I'm struggling to think of who would be better in there other than them picking Chris Jordan. Um, but, you know, yeah, it was a big moment. There's no way around it. I've got another moment of the day, actually, thinking about it. Go on, go on. Lunch. <laughs> fried, fried chicken wings and beefsteak. I mean, come on. And two beautiful salads. Come on, New Zealand. Just well, when you think you can't get any better. It, it's fair to say you didn't cheat Raval and miss out on the feast <laughs> that was in front of you. I can believe you how much you ate. I've got, um, I've got another section I've just added in. What did you Google when you were bored watching the cricket today? I wasn't bored watching the cricket today. I genuinely wasn't. Um, Come on, there must have been one moment of a 90 over day. Oh, we got all 90 overs in today. A 90 over day in this heat with the game. It didn't drift, but there must have been something you Googled that was non-cricket related or even cricket related, but nothing to do with this yeah. game and your article tonight yeah, 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 yeah. on ESPNCricketInfo.com. I, I had a vague memory, now you mention it, that Leonard Cohen's final gig was in Auckland. And I looked that up and I watched the last couple of songs he played at the encore. Hey! So I did. Um, what a brilliant new section and, of the show. And it, and it was very beautiful and I recommend people watch it. <laughs> I uh, googled Aubrey Faulkner and Tyrone Henderson huh? for a feature that we're going to be doing in South Africa. Talk Sports Live and exclusive coverage. So you go, I, I, your one wins though, defo. Uh, shall we hear Anadine press conference moment of the day? Well, I'm, I'm not sure how Anadine it will be because Chris Silverwood's coming in. Is he uh, over my shoulder? Yeah, he is. So I think it's a bit early to ask him to, Chris, have you taken this team as far as you can? <laughs> shall we go find out what yeah, he has to say? Well, I think it is. He's still very young in his test career, isn't he, really? So at the same time, you know what I mean? Joffre's learning about himself and the, the game of test cricket. And equally, you know what I mean? Joey's learning to captain him as well. Uh, so from a. A, a holistic point of view we're all sort of growing together really I tell you what no anodyne press conference moment of the day today because fresh from the Chris Silverwood interview the press conference for the first time cricket history somebody has used the word holistic 
Listen, I thought... Uh... Actually, shall we just hear that? Let's hear Chris Silverwood saying holistic. A, a holistic point of view, we're all sort of growing together, really. Beat that BJ Watling, who's coming up shortly. I've got a bit of respect for where he's coming from there. I'm not sure I completely agree with him, but I... I, I... You've got to remember his perspective. One, he can't go into the... Well, he can, but he, a good coach won't go into the dressing room having slagged off his players. Mm. And two, he's right. They're learning, and it was a very difficult day. And actually, you know, this whole mantra of you focus on the processes and you don't worry about the outcomes too much. And I don't think the processes, they got that badly wrong. I'm sorry, I just don't. Can I just ask one question, though? I mean, I'm being really picky here, yeah. but we just heard Chris Silverwood speak. He seems a little bit nervous, actually. Was that just me? Was that how he is normal uh, no, no, manner, no, no, demeanour? No, that's a good spot. Um, so th- I think that's almost the first of those he's done. Mm. So he's done very, very few. He didn't do any close of play presses, I don't think, when he was bowling coach. He's a little bit nervous and he's getting to know us. So as a, gr- a group of us went out for dinner with him the other day and just to get to... I don't really know him very well. I, I, I know he's a nice enough fella and stuff, but, you know, you do, doing this job, you get to know these guys quite well and... Um, and they learn who they can trust and you learn who you can trust and uh, we're still in that sort of feeling each other out phase mm. if that's if that makes sense and so he was a little bit nervous but um, I listen I thought he was coherent and honest from his perspective and I don't I, I know people some people will look at the score and they'll think he should be saying England should have done better but you know <laughs> it's a flat flat wicket and you can't they're not magicians also, he talked about how new Joffrey Archer was in his career. Same with Sam Curran. You know, two of his two of his bowlers have played 17 tests between them. I've compared Joffrey to uh, early David Bowie in my piece. Have you heard, <laughs> have you heard the early Bowie albums? Have heard? I haven't heard the later David Bowie no, albums. No, no, no. Hey, oh, really? guess who's coming? Yeah. Willie Nichols. Correct. And the man of the moment. Should we go in? Yeah, let's go in. Let's go in. Let's go and hear what... BJ Watling has to say. Um, I'm sort of getting a little bit better over the last couple of years. It's, I'll, I'll be stiff tomorrow. I will be stiff and I'll be stiff while we keep. So, yeah, I mean, Chris works hard with us. He makes sure that he's he's putting, putting us through our paces and making sure that we're strong and fit and ready to go. And I guess I've sort of managed to play about seven first-class games in a row now. So I feel like I'm reasonably cricket fit, which is, which is nice. And, yeah. Like batting. So, BJ Watling's just spoken. I tell you what, um, I've got a young, very, very, very young daughter. You've got two uh, daughters. And I tell you what, in 18 or 19 years' time, when uh, Dolores comes back with a young gentleman to introduce me to her partner, if he's someone like BJ Watling, I'll be quite happy because I, th- I think I've got a bit of uh, even more respect after listening to him speak to Send. And my favourite bit of all of that. Uh, we can hear right now is when he was asked a question about how he goes from wicket-keeping duty to batting in this kind of conditions and just keeps going on and on and he gave a kind of an answer and at the end of it he just said almost embarrassing a little shrug just said I just like batting yeah and it really showed uh, it did show didn't it yeah and actually I hadn't thought of it like that but as soon as I said that yes when I watch you bat you're just in your you're, you're in your zone aren't you it's a really good quality for a batsman to be really greedy. This is what I was saying to you yesterday about Ajit Raval. He wasn't greedy enough. They, they, they should really like it. And the other thing he said, which is simple but absolutely true, is that he didn't want to field today. Well, wickets like that, it's so much more fun to bat than field or, or bowl. Uh, and so he took full advantage. And, yeah, I mean, we're obviously looking at it through very different eyes because I, I definitely wasn't looking for 
a partner for any of my children. <laughs> Slightly bizarre. <laughs> but uh, um, Do they have partners? Yeah, one of them's getting married on the 20th of December. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, that would be, if he turned up at the wedding, that would be a bit strange. Well, yes, yeah, so I'm very much not looking... I've just paid for it, mate. Um, I'm not looking for another one. Um, yeah, anyway, there's a, a turn I didn't expect to, to happen. That's pretty much brings us to the end of the show, actually, with um, George DeBelf. Uh, silenced momentarily. He's going to go off now and write his piece for Crick Info, which piece is, which will no doubt mention uh, BJ Watling's suitability as a future spouse uh, for one of our daughters. And we'll be back at the end of day four. He was asked the question, BJ Watling, how many runs do New Zealand want to get before they put England in? And he said he'll answer that question tomorrow. So do you know what? You'll find out the answer tomorrow. Will New Zealand bat and tell tea and give uh, themselves three or four sessions to bolt England out? Um, or will this game kind of meander to the kind of conclusion we tipped confidently after about an over of day one? Now, you're listening to the following on podcast that you can review and subscribe on Acast, iTunes or Spotify. Thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.